0: Hi, I'm the Self-Development Coach, Johnny Lawrence, and welcome to the Self-Development Podcast.
1: So the gut does play a really large role when it comes to mental health, but also the gut is responsible for creating a lot of our B vitamins. B vitamins are very important for neurotransmitter production. So when I talk about neurotransmitters, I'm talking about things like serotonin, melatonin, Uh, GABA, which is uh, our anti-anxiety neurotransmitter, dopamine, which is our reward center. The gut plays a really large role in creating some of these neurotransmitters. The research hasn't shown that the gut microbes producing those neurotransmitters actually mean that you're gonna have good mental health. It's a lot more complicated than that. So just because you're making serotonin in the gut doesn't mean that the serotonin is reaching the serotonin receptors in the brain.
0: Today, I'll be chatting with Dana Chapman. Dana is a qualified nutritional therapist and neuro-linguistic programming practitioner. Say that three times fast. (laughs) Her (laughs) approach to depression, anxiety, burnout, brain fog, and lack of gusto make her truly unique. Dana believes that it's only when you truly understand how the brain and the body work that you can take control of your mental health. Her aim is to empower people by providing an understanding of how your brain and your body actually work and get the answers to why you're feeling low, anxious and withdrawn and why you have no energy. It's at this point that she can help with overcoming these feelings using food, Movement, sleep, stress management, supplementation, and much, much more. Dana's education and experience have proven that there's so much you can do to feel your very best and achieve a clearer mind, long-lasting energy, and freedom from the cloud of depression and the choke of anxiety that is common in today's society. Now, I can't take credit for that beautifully worded last bit because I took that from your website that freedom from the cloud of depression and the choke of anxiety you are a poet it seems how are you today
1: <laughs> how are you today Dana I'm really good thank you how are you Johnny
0: I'm okay yeah we're recording over a bank holiday this is how committed we are so I hope everybody <laughs> really appreciates this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know? what's it like where are you are how's the weather
1: uh, much better than it has been. I was camping over the weekend, last weekend, and it was absolutely freezing, but today yeah. supposed to be about 21 degrees, so I'll take that any day.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I live in Cornwall, and when, when we bought the broch- brochure to move to Cornwall, we were told it's always sunny. Mm. This, this is not true. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are like there, there are two ways of being you can either see a rain cloud or you have a rain cloud <laughs> it's like, it's, it, it sort of rains a lot <laughs> you know but when you get a sunny day it's paradise it really is but um, yes. I'm so grateful to, to to have you on today I mean we, we had a brief conversation some weeks back and I was blown away by some of the, the the ways that you think about things and some of the research that you passed along to me um, mm. it's, it's going to be a really, I'm really excited about a conversation.
1: Yeah, me too. I relish the opportunity to talk about this kind of stuff Um, always. So thank you so much for having
0: me on. Oh, no worries. I mean, um, if you're anything like me, you love geeking out over this stuff. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can geek do. out about it for ages. But I mean, <laughs> for those that might not come across you, can you tell people a bit about yourself and sort of your journey so far?
1: Hmm. So my name is Dana Chapman, as you said, I run a company called DC Nutrition, which I founded about a year ago. So still fairly new into business, but I've been in the health and wellness space for about, my son's about to be five, and I started when he was one. So for four years now, being in the health and wellness space, but I wasn't always a nutritional therapist. I was a consultant for one of the big four consulting firms. But my interest in health and nutrition really started when I was a chubby teenager and I didn't want to lose weight in the traditional yo-yo dieting way. So I just started reading health magazines and articles about how to get healthy, because I thought if I just get healthy, then surely I'll feel better and maybe I'll lose a little bit of weight. But it wasn't I mean, the weight loss was a side effect that I did experience, but what intrigued me more was that I could eat foods that were high in B vitamins and that would give me energy. And that was really important for me at the time because I was playing hockey six days a week. And then I would get ill and I'd be like, okay, so what foods can I eat to try and make myself feel better or heal myself a bit quicker. And then I read that vitamin C and zinc rich foods can help all of that. So I suppose that's where my interest in nutrition started, but it was only when I moved back to the UK in about 2013 and I met a nutritional therapist and she told me what she did. And I was like, that's my absolute dream job. I found out that I could study it part-time because I was working Um, so I needed to do it part-time I couldn't put myself through another four-year college or university degree so I literally got hold of the college and started studying in 2014. I had to do A-level biology and chemistry before I could enter into the degree because it's a science degree and I had done accounting and finance and all of that in my first degree so It took me a while to get qualified. I started studying in 2014 and finally finished last year, June, with my final qualification, which is the NLP, the Neuro Linguistic Programming course. Mm. So I suppose that's the journey that got me to being a nutritional therapist. But the way that I got uh, interested in mental health was when I was working in the health and wellness space, mental health was starting to be spoken about a lot more. Mm. And it was wonderful because people's um, interest and it was being brought to the forefront of people's minds that we should be thinking about mental health a lot more. But I believe there was still a really key missing piece to it, which was, what we eat and our physiology and how that relates to our mental health and how people can take control. Yes. They may have a diagnosis um, and they may be put on medication, but what if they don't want to go on that medication or what if that medication isn't working? I mean, the rates of um, depression and anxiety, the rates of people actually being in remission by taking medication is about 50%, which is really, really low. Yeah. So it really was an area that I thought that we could empower people. I got excited about it because organizations were talking about it a lot more. And this is really a way to empower people, to empower organizations on how you can really take control of your own mental health and heal yourself from it. So that um, sort of in a nutshell is why I've got to where I am today.
0: I mean, a big part of what you do. I mean, I, first of all, I love, I love the term nutritional therapist. I, I, I wasn't sure if I'd heard that before. Um, you know, because I've heard of nutritionists and I've heard of therapists, but mm. I, I love that combination and I love what it potentially represents. You know, that that things can improve. Let's not say yeah. fix or better, but let things can improve through your diet, yeah. through sleep, yeah. through the basics. Yeah. You know, I, as a person who used to be a fitness instructor. It it was always really striking to me that when anyone came to me with any health concerns or weight loss um, desires, Mm -hmm. they really wasn't covering the basics. Most of the time they they wasn't sleeping very well. wasn't they were obviously wasn't eating very well and they just they wasn't moving they you know they wasn't they wasn't doing the basic things and it's not their fault it's not like an accusation or judgment or anything it's just making people realize that you know what you don't have to go to the shakes you don't have to take Mm. the sleeping meds you you Mm. can actually do this but it might not be instant but Mm. in the long term it would be more of a long-term sustainable permanent fix so Mm. what you're doing is fabulous and um It's, it's really nice to see. And the NLP, I've always had a fascination with NLP. It's, my, uh, it's definitely on my wish list to do an NLP course at some point. Mm. So the two together, I'm, I'm very envious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, mu- you must be very knowledgeable and all that stuff. I've got a question for you. Do you have a goal in life? Do you have that one thing that you want to achieve, but no matter how hard you try, there's always something that seems to stop you?
1: I found myself sort of stuck in a rut really. I've always wanted to write a book, but I've never done it. I just felt completely stuck in a hole and I didn't want to be in it, but I didn't know how to get out of it.
0: For a long time, that was me too, until I figured out a way to finally overcome my limiting beliefs and not take no for an answer. And I want to teach you to do the same thing. That's why I've designed the Life Goal Discovery four-day masterclass. I feel probably in a more positive place now than I felt in a a long, long time. It's genuinely changed my perspective on everything I do on a
1: daily basis. I've done big things. I've done well.
0: Four days of on-demand coaching sessions from myself showing you how to fulfill your potential and get closer to your goals. Do you want to discover a path to that one thing that you always wanted to do? Stop what you're doing now and sign up for my masterclass by heading over to schoolofselfdevelopment.com. You talk a lot about gut health Uh um, and you have a real passion around it. I mean, the call that we had last time was predominantly about gut health. And I I do too. And I think a lot of people are starting to realise it's importance. But Mm. what does gut health mean? And mm. could you sort of talk a bit more about the science of it uh, um, for, and simplify it for people like me?
1: <laughs> mm, you mean the science of it specifically around mental health?
0: Yeah. Just sort of what is gut health? Um, because we yeah. hear gut health all the time yeah. um, and people, I don't know, are sure what that means exactly. I think they, that, you know, well, yeah, they're not sure at all. I've, I've yeah. heard some very wild explanations for what <laughs> gut health is, <laughs> but an explanation of what gut health is and, and uh, you know, And and what it does and all that sort of thing would be really helpful.
1: Cool. So I'll try to keep it short and succinct because I think I've had hours and hours of lectures on gut health. But what's important to understand is gut health, doesn't only mean the guts down there, what you can feel below your belly button. Gut health or the gut, the gastrointestinal tract starts from the mouth and ends at the anus, right? So gut health means everything from here all the way down to the other end where we excrete our waste. And so I suppose gut health is ensuring that All of the processes along the way work sufficiently. And already in society, we're missing out on this part of gut health. And actually, there's a step before this part of gut health, which is actually looking and smelling, looking at and smelling your food. Mm. So just by looking at and smelling your food starts the digestion process. It starts to tell the brain food is about to arrive. Start producing stomach acid because your stomach doesn't produce acid all of the time, otherwise it would eat your stomach away. So it only produces stomach acid when you eat food. So smelling food, being aware that you're about to eat food is the first step of gut health. Uh, lot of people are eating at their desks, lots of people are eating watching the device, lots of people are eating whilst doing something else. And that takes away that first phase of digestion because you're not focused on actually eating your food. The second area where people really struggle with or could really help themselves is the second phase of digestion is actually chewing your food. Now, we're supposed to chew our food between 20 and 40 times each mouthful. And when I say that to people, I get that exact reaction is, oh, my goodness. Um, And the reason is, is because we need to break down our food sufficiently to allow for absorption further on down the digestive tract. So the most absorption happens in the small intestine, but some absorption of nutrients does happen in the large intestine as well. But for your small intestine to be able to digest that food sufficiently, we need to be chewing sufficiently to break it down and mix it with our saliva, which is our digestive enzymes in the saliva. Um, And then food kind of goes down, stomach, small intestine, large intestine. Uh, Stress plays a really large role in gut health. So gut health, I suppose to answer your question quickly and then I can get into some specifics a little bit more gut health is all of the processes are happening sufficiently and effectively, which means not only do you not have gut symptoms like gas and bloating, but there are other symptoms of poor gut health, like skin breakouts, poor skin health, brain fog, poor mental health are also signs that you've got poor gut health. Um, Energy production, nutrient deficiencies or nutrient sufficiencies, those are all of the things that kind of add up to gut health. So it's not just the absence of gas and bloating, it's do you feel energetic and well every day to continue on your path of whatever your day has got for you. And do you have clear skin? Do you, are, you, do you, are you able to think properly? Are you free of anxiety and depression? All of those things actually have a gut health, gut health has a really large role to play in all of those. Yeah. Then a lot of talk these days in gut health is a lot, is around the gut microbiome. And that's because the gut microbiome has such a large role to play in our health. So the gut microbiome is made up of 37 trillion bacterial cells. So we, the bacterial cells in our gut actually outnumber our own human cells. So we are more bacteria than we are human. Wow. And it weighs about two kgs. So the gut microbiome is huge. But what we want is a real diverse and robust microbiome to be able to give all of the health benefits that we need. Um, I think that might be all I have to say <laughs> on health for the I'm, moment.
0: I mean, some of those symptoms there, I mean, that might well be every person I know. Like, mm. you, know, you know, so it just shows, you know, I've, I've known people, you know, go to the doctor for things like that. You know, I don't have yeah. any energy or just feel yeah. a bit low all the time, or I've got brain fog. And, and I think in society these days, we tend to write that off as normal. You know, if you have that complaint to somebody else, they might say, Oh yeah, I'm the same. I walk into a room and forget. And it's like, actually, these these are, these are, all of these are just very small alarm bells going off, aren't they? They're they're, they're warning signals saying, Hey, pay attention, pay attention. Something's happening, you know? And I think that that in itself around mental health, gut health, and all sorts of health is, it it is a detachment from what we are, who we are, you know, like, The fact that we can't even you know we find it unreasonable that we might have to chew our food that many times is just <laughs> in it, it, it itself is something to look at isn't it you know yeah yeah but, but i mean you know that's gut health but what is the relationship between a person's gut health and their mental health
1: mm. so this is really huge we have what's called the gut brain axis And the gut-brain axis, one of the main parts of the gut-brain axis is the vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve attaches behind the optical, behind the eye, and it sort of wanders down through the the throat, um, down past a lot of organs. It's also called the wandering nerve because it wanders through so many places in the body and it attaches to the gut as well. Now, the vagus nerve uh, senses danger So when there's a threat, that vagus nerve activates and um, activates the stress response. Now the vagus nerve also then attaches to the gut, like I said. So that's one way that there's a gut-brain axis and um, that's almost brain to gut. Mm. But 90% of the signals actually go from gut to brain, not brain to gut. I suppose the easiest way to explain it is In utero, when we were being developed from an embryo, uh, our gut and our brain actually split from the same cell. So it was the same cell originally, and the gut goes down and the brain goes up. And the connection between the two is that vagus nerve. So we have that connection between the gut and the brain. And like I said, 90% of the signals actually go from gut to brain, and only 10% go from brain to gut. Wow. So the gut, um, and there's been lots of research on the gut microbiome and how the gut microbiome can educate things like the immune system, but the gut microbiome can also educate the stress response and the gut microbiome can then send that signal that all is well to the brain and that it doesn't need to activate or fire. So the gut does play a really large role when it comes to mental health, but also The gut is responsible for creating a lot of our B vitamins. B vitamins are very important for neurotransmitter production. So when I talk about neurotransmitters, I'm talking about things like serotonin, melatonin, uh, GABA, which is uh, our anti-anxiety neurotransmitter, dopamine, which is our reward center. The gut plays a really large role in creating some of these neurotransmitters. So does the brain. Um, And it's not necessarily, the research hasn't shown that the gut microbes producing those neurotransmitters actually mean that you're going to have good mental health. Mm. It's a lot more complicated than that. So just because you're making serotonin in the gut doesn't mean that the serotonin is reaching the serotonin receptors in the brain.
0: How interesting.
1: But we do know that the gut does have a really large role to play in creating those neurotransmitters in creating those B vitamins that are very important for creating neurotransmitters and the gut is also very important for digesting and absorbing all of our nutrients. If we're not digesting our food, we aren't absorbing the nutrients from that food and we need to not forget that um, nutrients is how the body actually works. I mean we all take it for granted that we live, eat and breathe and our bodies just function, but they don't just function by magic. they need nutrients to be able to function effectively, and to do that, you need a robust and good gut health for that as well
0: I mean that that really, really does explain the the saying a gut instinct, doesn't it? Mm, it, it really it does. does it really yeah, does yeah yeah I mean I mean, it sounds like you know ultimately it's possible to have autonomy over your gut health and your mental mm. health to a degree, you know, mm. um, barring any very serious conditions. I'm talking about somebody that's just maybe, maybe finding most days challenging a little bit, you know, you know, struggling mm. a little bit with their mental health or emotional health, however you want to put it. But what are the type of like lifestyle choices that contribute to bad health? Cause I mean, if we have autonomy, then mm. actually the choices that we're making every single day, like, like we spoke about originally um, sleep um mm. activity food hydration all of these different things are gonna have an impact but i mean what are the sort of common lifestyle choices that people make because it's there's, in some cases people might do something that they believe is good for them but mm. actually isn't you know I've, mm. I've seen this quite a lot mm. you know so yeah what are sort of the contrib- contributing factors to sort of lifestyle choices
1: One of the biggest things I find that contributes to people's lifestyles and the choices they make is stress. Mm. Stress. I mean, this is what I did my dissertation on, actually, is the link between stress, gut health and mental health. But stress causes you to seek out foods that are high in fat and sugar because the stress hormone cortisol is made from cholesterol. So your body's saying, give me more cholesterol because I need to make more of these stress hormone cortisol so that this person can get away from the danger. And we just have so many stresses. I know you posted something on Instagram a while ago about the stress bucket and you mm. just keep on filling it, but you're not opening the tap to release the stress. Um And that's how people's lives are these days, aren't they? It's one stress after another, after another, after another. But what we're not doing is we're not building in those lifestyle elements to help reduce the stress load. So, I mean, stress has a direct impact on gut health. Stress has a direct impact on the gut microbiome, which I've already said is very important. And we can't be in stress mode and rest. So I like to think of the nervous systems in opposition. So we have the sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight and flight, and the parasympathetic nervous system, which is rest, digest, and repair. Mm. And you can't be in both at the same time. You can only be in fight or flight, or you can be in rest, digest, and repair. And we're in fight or flight a lot, which means that we're not resting, we're not digesting, and we're not repairing. So our bodies are constantly, even though we might not feel the stress, our bodies are actually constantly in a state of stress because of not enough rest, because of the toxins that we eat, because of the toxins that we're in, um, exposed to in our environment um, I'm kind of digressing a bit here. I realise. No,
0: no, no. I mean, a, a nice analogy that I like to use for that parasympathetic and sympathetic system is: is it's like trying to push the brake and the accelerator on your car yeah. at the same time. It's yeah. just like it's just it, you're you're trying to do two things that are opposed to each other in a sense, yeah. aren't you? you yeah. You know. So yeah, I think that was very beautifully explained, actually. So mm-hmm. I mean, what would you say is like a uh, it's pu- pu- probably putting you on the spot, but what, what is a good definition of like stress? Because it's not always a big traumatic life event, is it? It's it can sometimes no. be smaller things.
1: Yes, and we mustn't. We must also remember that there is stress and there is perceived stress, and the yeah. body doesn't know the difference. Yeah. So if Very you have point. had if you have had some trauma, and that you were exposed to that trauma again that is still a perceived stress in the body. Your body doesn't, doesn't actually know that you're not in a safe environment. Mm. So it's about stress and perceived stress. And I've actually, I've just written a blog on the effect of stress on gut health. And there's another one coming out on the effect of stress and nutrients. But the, what I explain in that is that stress can come from many different angles. So it can be emotional, it can be financial, it can be things that are happening in your environment. But it can also be the things that we are exposed to. So like I said, toxins is a stress on the body. Having imbalanced blood sugar levels is a stress on the body. So if your sugar levels are imbalanced, your blood sugar levels drop, your body thinks that you are in danger. It needs to ramp up those um ramp up those blood sugar levels and so your body will secrete a little bit of cortisol then so that you can break down glucose in your cells and put it back into your bloodstream because your bloodstream is very good at keeping your blood levels level mm. so if they drop that's a stress on your body yeah a lack of nutrients if you're not getting in all of the nutrients that you need on a daily basis your body thinks you're going into starvation that's a stress on the body yeah so there are a lot of things that people don't realize add to this stress bucket and a lot of them are environmental and a lot of them are actually in our control like Mm. the food that we eat um over exercising is another stress and i know exercise is amazing for mental health but some people do go overboard and that Mm. is a stress on the body so i suppose we all need to be aware of those lack of sleep is a stress on the body.
0: Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me like what you're saying is, you know, there needs to be a harmony because Mm -hmm. like you can, you can do too much of anything. You can Mm. abuse anything. You know, a lot of people talk about, um alcohol being bad for you and things like that which we, you know we can see all that but actually you know having a glass of wine every day isn't isn't bad for you having a bottle of wine for every day is you know <laughs> and it's like understanding those subtle differences you know and yeah. we all get caught up in it and we all sort of like uh i don't know cheer each other along on stuff like that you know yeah. like you see it all the time you know i, I i'm a am I'm, I'm sober and i chose to become sober some time ago But, you know, when you do become sober, you do notice everywhere that alcohol is being sold to you everywhere you are. Every single. I mean, I remember a little while after I became sober, I went to the supermarket. I got out of my car. I went over to the trolley and on the trolley handle was an advertisement for a beer. And I was like, wow, I haven't even got in the shop yet. (laughs) It's just that that's what I mean. So a lot of what's being sold to us is, um, Uh, you know, very powerful marketing agencies are behind some of this stuff. We, We kind of don't stand a chance, really. You know, we're being worked on all the time.
1: Yeah. And the same goes for food, right? How yeah, much yeah, yeah. food is marketed as healthy yeah, or natural
0: yeah, or, well, or yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. You don't that. see yeah.
1: farmers going, Oh, buy this <laughs> apple. It's natural.
0: Yeah. 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 And that's it. It's, it's the use of that language. Like natural is associated with nature, which makes you think it's good for you. You know, yeah. so you might have, you know, some, some companies even have it in their, in their name, you know, yeah. and it's, yeah. uh, it's very misleading. And I suppose that's what I'm trying to get to is like, you know, I asked you what type of lifestyle choices contribute to bad gut health and mm. it, it's interesting to me that you, you 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 sort of talked about the real basics but mm. even on that front we kind of don't stand a chance because we're being mm. sold all the time the mm. idea that something is good for you when actually it isn't because yeah. who's got who's got the the time to research yeah. this stuff yeah. you know <laughs> and that's why we have podcasts like this so we yeah. can have somebody like you who comes in who has done all the research and has done uh, all of the um, education and can and it can explain it to us so that we understand yeah. so grateful for that and really am so um it's believed that we currently experience in a mental health crisis mm. i mean as a lot of people that are struggling with their mental health at the moment, and many people are being prescribed antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication as a consequence, do you feel that there is another option to that for the people that want it?
1: Gosh, absolutely. I mean, like I said in the beginning, antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication helps about 50% of people. Mm. And sure, you can take an anti-anxiety, and I don't want to... uh, I don't want anyone to feel bad if anyone is listening to this podcast and they are on on an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety medication, because in some circumstances, absolutely it is necessary, but you're taking a pill to mask a symptom. And I always believe that your body shows you symptoms because something isn't working correctly. If you are depressed, it's a sign that there's something isn't happening correctly in the body. And When I work with clients on a one-on-one basis, the three main elements that I talk about with depression and anxiety is gut health, stress, and inflammation, because Mm -hmm. all of those play a really large role in our mental health. So I absolutely think that there is another way that people can go. Of course, it always is dependent on what caused the anxiety or what caused the depression in the first place, but the research shows that many people who are depressed and or anxious is because of a stressful event in their life at some point in time. Mm. Okay. So it's acknowledging what has caused that depression and or anxiety, but it's also then supporting your body to be able to work correctly so that it can produce the neurotransmitters that help us feel good. Mm. Serotonin, dopamine, melatonin, uh, GABA. So all of those are important. Um, And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is to empower people that they can take control of their own mental health. They don't need to take a pill or they may need to take a pill, Mm. but the decision may then be theirs. But don't you want to sort out the root cause of your depression and or anxiety rather than let's take a pill and hope in a year or two's time I can stop taking the pill or am I going to take the pill for the rest of my life? Mm. I mean, some people do want... Uh, to take that option i was going to say something different but i think that's a bit harsh some people do want to take that option and that's fair enough but like i said and it will only help 50 percent of people so the research is there that nutritional therapy is one of the safest there are no side effects to a good diet there are no side effects to stress management techniques there are no side effects to managing inflammation in the body. In fact, all of these things will probably not only prolong your life, but prolong the, um, improve the quality of your life as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I loved that you started with, with um, you know, the, the caveat of, you know, some people do need to take antidepressants or, or it is the right decision. Mm. I mean, in, in general, I think the general consensus is that an antidepressant is a bit like a crutch when you've mm. broken your leg it's there mm. to support you while, while, you're, while you're vulnerable you know yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do you know I, I, I tend to concur with you in the sense of that you know ultimately until you sort of address that underlying issue mm. then you are always going to be dependent on tablets and mm. the mm. risk there is when you run out the come down and uh, and the situation that happens between the time that you've you've stopped taking your medication to when you next go back on, I've witnessed that and it's horrendous. Yeah, yeah. it's really really hard. Somebody yeah. feel, can feel like they are li- literally going mad, you yeah. know, because all of their hormones are all kicked out of sync. They've got this drug that was in their system that's not in there anymore. Yeah. and 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 it's you know you can always get hold of some good food. you, yeah. you can't always get hold of these medications, and yeah. and that's the problem. And and uh, you know some people do need to take them because they've got, deep-rooted very serious very necessary issues so so they are not necessary they they, nece- they need to take that medication yeah. so we're not talking about those people um, mm-hmm. we're talking about the everyday person that is struggling they've got a lot on maybe maybe they're a parent with with kids um and they've got a, their own business or they work for someone that is stressful and they're not getting enough time outside they're not getting time mm-hmm. to eat the lunch right they're not sleeping mm-hmm. very well because they've got lots of stress all mm-hmm. of these things you do not have to put up with this Mm. you do not have to put it's not normal don't let anybody tell you that this is normal everybody's going through this that's not that's not true you know (laughs) you don't have to put up with it I mean the three things you mentioned there was gut health stress and inflammation you've explained gut health and stress but Mm. just for people because inflammation very much is associated with I don't know you you, you twist your ankle and it becomes inflamed Mm. but I'm sure that's Mm. not what you mean in this case so what do you mean by inflammation?
1: yeah inflammation is one of the things that is implicated the research shows that people who are depressed have higher inflammatory markers in their blood and one of the ways that inflammation affects mental health is it stops that serotonin in the brain from binding to the serotonin receptors Mm. now I link all of the three together because inflammation is an immune response and the gut again is responsible for 70% of our immunity. The gut microbiome educates the immune system and on when to fire and when not to fire. But often when we're stressed, you can have a situation where you have um, something called leaky gut. Stress to some extent causes leaky gut and leaky gut To some extent, can then cause inflammation because particles can pass through from the bloodstream, um, from the digestive system into the bloodstream. And the immune system's like, I don't know what this is. It shouldn't be here. Let's attack it. And that um, results in inflammation. Uh, Our diets these days, uh, eating a lot of processed foods, seed oils are added to everything. Seed oils are very, very inflammatory in the body. And we're exposed to them everywhere, right? I mean, I love hummus. Hummus has always got rapeseed oil or sunflower seed oil. And all of these oils are very processed. And the process of getting them into an oil makes them very toxic in the body, makes them very inflammatory in the body. And I'm talking about hummus. I'm not talking about the crisps that people eat or the yeah. takeaway that people might eat. Because all of the, a lot of restaurants, especially takeaway shops, are going to be using these refined oils to cook their food
0: yeah it's cheaper it's more convenient all these different things I mean just let's hover there for a moment you're talking like you said you rightly say you're talking Mm. about hummus Mm. like that is something that people very often define as healthy yeah Look at that. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, it's okay. I'm hum- having hummus on pita bread and yeah. stuff like that. It's like, it, this is what I mean. It's these little things, isn't it? You know.
1: Yeah. And look <laughs> at your pita bread. I'm sure there's going to be some preservatives and additives in yeah, <laughs> that aren't but, going to benefit your guts.
0: <laughs> I know. And this, this is the minefield of it all, you know, because yeah. what we've, what we've, the conversation we've had up until this moment has been sort of trying to explain to people what's going on, the processes, the, the Mm. reasoning behind things, the background, if you will. But Mm -hmm. I mean, what I like to, to sort of poke around and find out is, is solutions, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, what can people focus on? So I'm a big believer that we always focus on the solution and not the problem, you know? So we know what the problem is. We now need to move away from that and create an awareness of what the solution is. So you speak a lot about nutrition, Mm -hmm. movement, sleep, stress management, what actions can people take in these areas to improve their mental health, gut health, and all those things?
1: Yeah, amazing. So I stress management is definitely one of the key elements. So I always recommend to my clients doing something like deep breathing exercises, incorporate that into your day, one to five minutes. Five minutes, if you are suffering from depression and anxiety, one to two minutes is going to benefit anyone, right? So really... Getting into the body and help breath work also helps you get into the body and out of the mind. So Mm. I always say, find something that works for you either. And I recommend breathe in for four, out for six or double the inhale to the exhale. So in for four, out for eight or box breathing in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four. Mm. And you're looking at doing that for one to two minutes, two to three times a day. I like to recommend it around food or meal times because then you're priming your digestive system for digestion. Breathwork switches you out of sympathetic, switches you out of fight or flight and puts you back into rest, digest and repair. So I always recommend Breathwork. I always recommend things like spending time in nature. Spending time in nature is free and available to everyone. Everyone yeah. can find a green space or a brown space or something outside. And being outside in nature is has two benefits. One, it actually has been proven that it helps support a beneficial and robust gut microbiome. So you're increasing your gut diversity, you're supporting your gut health just by being in nature. And the second thing is, well, if you're doing it in the daytime, you're exposing yourself to daylight. Daylight helps set your circadian rhythm. It helps tell your body when is morning, when is evening. Exposing yourself to sunlight during the day, 15 to 20 minutes has been proven to be supportive of mental health conditions, mm. so it helps improve people's mental health if they are suffering from a condition. But also it helps produce melatonin and melatonin is our hormone that helps us fall asleep. So you will fall asleep quicker and you will have a better quality of sleep if you're exposing yourself to sunlight. Uh, the ideal time is midday, 15 to 20 minutes at midday. So that would be the second um, elements. The first element I said is breathwork. The second element is spending time in nature. The third element is always going to be around diet. And a diet that supports the gut microbiome is a diet that is diverse in plant foods. Now, the organization that I belong to, which is called BANT, uh, they are the governing body for nutritional therapists. They recommend seven portions of fruit and vegetables a day. Caveat, maximum two portions of fruit. So we need to be eating five portions of vegetables daily. Another recommendation is to eat all of the colors of the rainbow. Mm-hmm. Now, diversity of the gut microbiome is um, correlative to diversity in the diet. So the best way to increase diversity of your gut microbiome is to increase diversity in your diet. So please get rid of that shopping cart that has the same foods in it week in and week out and go to the shops and choose seasonal produce. Choose something that you necessarily wouldn't have chosen last week go vegan for one day because vegan often means please don't go buy vegan burgers when i say go vegan what i actually mean is go get some beans and lentils in your diet mm. because beans and lentils are full of fiber and fiber is really important for feeding the gut microbiome as well so diversity in the diet uh, really helps improve that robust and diverse gut microbiome And I always like to say it's an 80-20 rule with everything, right? If you're supporting your diet, if you're supporting your health 80% of the time with really nutritious food, food that's gonna support your health and your mental health, then 20% of the time you can go and have those chips or you can have that. I mean, dark chocolate is really good, really high in polyphenols, so really good for the gut. Um, so that can be included in the eighty, but choose what you want for the twenty percent. If it's somebody's birthday, go and have a piece of birthday cake and enjoy it. Don't feel bad about it, but really focus on that eighty percent of the time, eating food that has come from the earth, yeah. not that has come from somebody's marketed product in a box, that most likely has the seed oils that we've spoken about today, which are really inflammatory, and if somebody were to just choose one thing to do after today it would be to get processed food out of the diet
0: yeah I, I mean as well I, I like the way you said that with the 80 20 because mm. that the happiness is important you yeah know, and, and and deprivation and restriction it's it's, it's just not. not it's not long-term sustainable no. you know the person that says i am never eating chocolate again yeah, has just set themselves up for disappointment yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just because it's not gonna happen chocolate's great i love chocolate yeah. you know but yeah it's that balance is it's that 80 20 it's you know if you're if you're you know i love that as well where you say you know go vegan for a day it starts with a day that's not a big mm. commitment You know, Mm. on Tuesdays, I I go vegan, I don't have meat Mm. and I I don't have the the processed vegan stuff. I just have a lot more vegetables, some fruits, some nuts some grains, all them sorts of things, all that natural stuff, you know, just for one day. And and actually, I think as well, it's probably worth noting how you feel that day or how Mm -hmm. you feel the day after. You know, how did you sleep? How was your mood? How was your energy? Because people don't do stuff without a benefit. Yeah. you know so it's very much about saying okay i did this for one day and i felt amazing yeah. you know a couple of days of that and before you know it you're, you're vegan two times a week you're vegan three yeah. times a week you know yeah. I'm, I'm not vegan but I, I i i tried to take the ethos off. i eat vegan i just add meat <laughs>
1: <You> know, <laughs> that's, just, that's just the way
0: i go you know I, I i like steak and chicken and whatnot so but um
1: and it's really beneficial don't forget um that? steak and chicken and- yeah foods like that. I mean, everybody needs to find what diet works for them, but I don't like to support any diet that is restrictive or that removes any major food group. Yeah. So uh, neurotransmitters are created from B vitamins. B vitamins are very high in things like animal meats. Yeah. Um. But again, look at where you're getting your animal meats from.
0: Mm. Yeah. 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 I mean, I like that as well because uh, you know, it was important that we define it. You're not saying that vegan is the best diet or anything like that, because that's not what you're about. You know, you're about treating the person and you know, all that sort of stuff. So I think that's important to, to add. Um, Mm -hmm. Here's a difficult question. (laughs) Is it possible to reverse poor mental health side effects by making changes in these areas? So the areas of breathing, nature, diet, because, it, that's a big claim, isn't it? You know, like if yeah. we if we breathe it, it deliberately box breathing for two minutes a day, if we go out midday and get some midday sunshine, if we look at our diets with intention, can we actually reverse poor mental health? Do we need to have the medication and all that sort of stuff? Or can we do these things and improve it?
1: I believe that we can control our mental health with the things that we have discussed today. I will say one caveat to that is some people have really deep rooted psychological reasons as to why they may be depressed or anxious. And for that, talk therapy would be really, really important for that kind of person. But I think a combination of talk therapy and all of the things that we've discussed today would be a much longer term solution and will give the best quality of life. Because you may be taking the medication, but doesn't all the medication come with side effects?
0: Yeah, I know.
1: Are are you going to be on it forever? Taking medication means that you're stopping the body from doing something that it should be doing. Yeah. Okay. And that is gonna have an effect at some point in time. Somewhere else in the
0: body, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: So then you'll be given another pill to take control of that issue. So, yes, it is a big claim, but it is one that I stand by wholeheartedly. And it is through the research that I can say that as well. So I'm not just saying that because that's what I believe. Mm. But I'm saying that because the research is showing that support in all of these areas shows that people can reverse their mental health conditions.
0: Uh, That's an incredible thing. Um, and, and, And actually, to me, it makes sense you know we you know the body is an incredible machine and nature is there to support your body everything we need is already there yeah in our bodies that we've we have processes that are there for everything it's the problem is sometimes we need to get out of the way of that process (laughs) and and let it happen you know and as far as talking therapy goes I mean talking therapy isn't something where you go to somebody and they give you answers. It's mm. about it's about finally releasing those thoughts and feelings that maybe you knew you had, maybe you didn't. Yeah. You, know, you sit with somebody, you speak, they listen, they offer perspective, you know? Because yeah. a lot of the time we can get caught up in our own narrative. And that's how people get stuck,
1: yeah. because
0: they they create they create something that they sell to themselves and then they buy it off themselves too. <laughs> like, yeah. Guess what? When you're in a poor mental health state, you might not be the best person to guide your decisions <laughs> at that point. So, that, might, that might not be, you know, I've had therapy for, for all of the things that happened to me when I was younger. And quite often I've lived with a narrative my whole life and I say it out loud and the person repeats it back to me and I can hear that it's not true. Yeah, I can hear it. And yeah. when I hear that, I can't unhear it. And yeah. then that process starts of, hmm, what if it isn't true? What if it is this? What if it is that? So the yeah. diet, um, the going out in nature, breathing, all of these things are important. But I love the way that you say that it, it needs to be supported by um, talking therapy, because ultimately, yeah. the, the goal, I think, you know, when it comes to trauma, is ultimately finding a way to accept it. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you forgive anybody. That doesn't mean that people get away with things or that you have to like it. It just yeah. means that whatever's happened to you that has caused this this mental health sort of problem issue challenge. Yeah. Um you, there needs to be a way that you can accept that that happens. That yeah. that happened to you and yeah. you can support that process by by you know, at the end of the day I've been through traumatic events and then it's led to me not sleeping very well, which has led to me not eating very well. And all of these things, it's just worsening it all, you know.
1: It's a vicious cycle, isn't it? It is, and and you can feel
0: very trapped in it. So doing these things, and yeah, I get it breathing frustrating you know it, it's, it's hard to do it's like meditation you know like, yeah. am, am i doing it right all these different things Going yeah, yeah. out in nature there might be a point if you're not if you're not used to it that you might feel a bit like eye rolling like oh this is ridiculous it's not doing anything and it won't day one it won't you know you might go oh that was nice you know but long term over time that exposure to to nature that breathing and obviously the diet you know yeah. i think it's obvious you know when you eat things and you feel bloated or you feel rubbish afterwards or you feel sick even, You know how many people eat stuff, feel sick, and just think it's normal. You know, (laughs) and and it's it's and go back
1: and have more.
0: Yeah, and it's not it's not a judgment. We're not judging. We're not we're not holier than now. It's it's there. This is information. Take it or leave it. It, It's stuff that you know that works. You've seen it work. I'm sure with your clients, and I'm sure you Mm. use it on yourself. Mm. And um, it's, it's quite honestly like breathing and nature. That's free, right? Mm. yeah it's not free food unfortunately (laughs) although you could grow your own you could yeah and then you know it's not covered in oils (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean that's a good point though what what successes have you witnessed in this area so what examples have you got of of Mm. these things working
1: so I mean, the clients that have come to me with depression and anxiety, it is working through a lot of elements. I do like to recommend certain testing for my clients to understand Mm. exactly what's going on in the gut microbiome. I have one lady in particular who did do stool testing and we found out that there's certain bacteria in her gut that's very important for mental health. She was actually missing those microbes. So helping her with supplementation, but also the same things, time out in nature, stress management, uh, diet and lifestyle stuff as well. And She sent me an email a couple of weeks ago saying she doesn't actually know how to describe it other than saying contentment. That she finally, for the first time, and she doesn't know how long, has felt content with life and just happy and ready to carry on with things in the future.
0: Oh, it's giving me goosebumps
1: yeah <laughs> loved, I that mean, must have been
0: so lovely to hear that
1: it really was it really was and I can't take all the credit because it's the clients that do all of the work themselves right I can yeah. help guide them I can help motivate them but really it comes down to the individuals
0: mm. yeah and, and yeah. I think it's about understanding that this isn't a quick fix and yeah. it's not supposed to be you yeah. know you you can take yeah. the the antidepressants in in the sort of short term if, it, if it's going to mm-hmm. help you get through that really tough time yeah but ultimately it's what you do how you set yourself up for the long term I think yeah. that's gonna yeah. and it's about how wonderful is it that yeah. we can take responsibility
1: yeah
0: that we can take control that we don't have to rely on anybody else that we can actually make these decisions for ourselves I mean that's yeah. just that's that's scary for some people but it's also wonderful
1: it's empowering yes
0: that's the right word empowering yeah yeah Yeah. and it's about like training yourself to stop ignoring those warning signs and to start listening to your body what is my body telling me right now you know like I I say it all the time like I've had clients female clients mostly if I'm honest and when I I worked in uh, the fitness industry and they'd be standing there doing what I call like the two-year-old wee wee dance (laughs) they're (laughs) they're like they need to go to the loo and I'm like why are you not going to the loo like they're, they're like oh I'm just so used to holding in i'm like no, no I... <laughs> like go to the toilet and it, what i wonder is like you know if if you're if you're not listening to that very primal very normal urge what else are you ignoring you yeah. know what else yeah. are you ignoring so listening yeah. to your body and and just realizing all the time that it's not a quick fix it's a long-term solution yeah. and and there's going to be days where you suck it off you know yeah. you just go Do you know yeah. what today i'm going to eat cake crack yeah. on <laughs> yeah. eat cake it makes you happy good you yeah know? yeah yeah um so, do you have any tools for people who might be going through challenging times? Sort of, you know, you, you mentioned um, uh, stress management and things yeah. like that. So, are there any sort of like stress management tools specifically that you think would help people?
1: I mean, it completely depends on where somebody is. When I say stress management, I like to incorporate meditation and yoga as well. But if you are in a stressful period, you're not going to be able to do things like meditation because your mind is saying, I'm in a stress response. I need to remain vigilant. There's mm. no ways I'm going to sit there and go. I'm not closing I'm my eyes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, So breath work is always something that I recommend to clients. Another one uh, that I like to do is something called vagus nerve stimulation or vagus nerve activation, which is simply putting your head, um, resting your head in your hands and looking to the right. And you're holding that position until you feel a shift in the body. So what you're looking for is something like a yawn or a sigh or a, I can feel myself drop into it. And then you shift over to the other side and you hold that position. And if you don't feel anything, then do it for a minute each side. But that helps educate the vagus nerve on when it should fire and when it should not fire. Mm. Because if you've been in a chronic and constant um stress cycle the vagus nerve can get stuck on always on mode and remember i said earlier that vagus nerve senses danger or perceived danger and activates the stress response so you want that vagus nerve to fire when it should but to not fire when it shouldn't Mm. and and An activity like that, the um, lateral eye stimulation is one way that you can educate the vagus nerve on when to fire and when not to fire
0: i've never heard of that before that's that's yeah. i'm quite excited about that i'm so going to try that when i get off it <laughs> you do yeah that, that's, that's brilliant that's really nice um because i i've heard a lot about the vagus nerve um yeah. and done a lot of reading around it and stuff and it, you know yeah. i think it it feels like it's becoming an important sort of buzz topic at the moment yes. lots of people are talking about it but the, the problem with stuff like that is that when that starts happening you start to get misinformation um so it's nice it's nice to hear somebody who's uh, educated on this um give a tool over like that so thank you for that one i I will definitely put that in my toolbox (laughs)
1: that's all right something Um, to something to add to that is people often think oh so vagus nerve let's do some vagus nerve exercises if you just add that one thing Mm. i don't think it's going to do much it's Mm. the whole um marginal gains thing with our health right Mm. it's not one thing that you do that's going to make you feel better it's the combination of all of the things that you learn and all of the things that you do that result in this feeling of health and well-being so you know cake's not gonna throw you off the bandwagon but if you're not eating a nutritious diet every day you're not going to feel well, even if you are doing the movement and the eye exercises and the time out in nature and the everything else. If you're not fueling your body correctly, you're not going to feel well. And the yeah. same is true for every other element.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that, again, going back to the sort of the the medication, I think sometimes people get themselves in such a desperate or find themselves in such a desperate state that they they think that they put All their eggs in that basket of medication in hope that that is going to solve the problem and then and then they don't want to come off it because they're scared and it's just really it's a a real shame because it is it is you're right but I don't know if there's any situation where there's just one thing to do to fix it you know there's always there's always lots of things to do and then they need to become a a regular practice and a consistent practice all the time Yeah. Um, Wonderful. Really is lovely. I knew, I knew this would be fun. (laughs) I I knew, I knew knew I'd learned stuff today. Um, So finally, is there anything that you'd like to pass along that could help people with their self-development? After all, this is the self-development podcast. (laughs) Is there there anything that you feel is important that, that you've done on yourself maybe, or you've seen work consistently with other people that can help people with their self-development?
1: I would say a lot of what, Uh, it's a repeat of of what you've said a lot on this podcast is listening to your body, Mm. right? The body is very intelligent. If the body needs rest, it'll tell you, let's start listening because only when we start listening to our bodies and working with our bodies as opposed to against them, that's when we will grow. That's when we will develop.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's my whole principle behind, I I have a program called the super self program and my, my belief because I've seen it for for the last 15, 20 years, I've Mm -hmm. seen that every person I've ever met that's having any challenge of any kind has always got the answer. Yeah. They've always, Always. I I heard this analogy. I don't know if it's true because I've never met anyone that's done it, but um, if you get stung by a stinging nettle that the the, the, the sort of antidote to that sting is in the leaf.
1: The stinginess. Yeah, if you
0: crush the leaf inside, there's like, but... You tell someone that. I, I don't want to be the guy to try that. <laughs> I don't know I'm going to do
1: that. If my but kids get stung by a stinging nettle, I'll definitely take that natural route.
0: Then see, see if it works. Let me know because I'm not <laughs> brave enough. <laughs> but what I mean is I love that analogy. Is that yeah. like very often like the, the answer to these problems that were these challenges that we're facing in life, we do know the answer. And actually part of the problem is the effort we're putting into ignoring it yeah you know you know it's 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 always there listen to the body listen to yourself trust yourself believe in yourself you do have the answer and you're very capable of making change happen um what incredible person you are I've really enjoyed this listen before you go let people know what's next for you and where they can find you on social and um, Mm. websites and whatnot
1: thank you so much uh what's next for me I am doing one-to-one programs and I'm hoping to run a group program, but that will probably only be after the summer because I feel like it's a bit too close to summer to start anything and then summer, absolutely nothing happens in the UK. So look out for something happening in October for a group program, six weeks to empower your mental health. I do corporate workshops as well. I love working with corporates. I used to be, like I said, in one of the big four, so I love doing corporate presentations as well, specifically around the mental health space. Uh, Socials, my website is www.dc-nutrition.co.uk. I'm on Instagram as dchappersnutri um i'm on linkedin as dana chapman and i love connecting with people wherever they are on whatever social media platform there is out there
0: wonderful uh, i mean i'll put all of those details in the show notes to make people make it easier for people to find you um you. because i think that what you're doing is very 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 cool and uh, it's, it's it's lovely to have that sort of nutrition therapist connection i think it's very important and um i think that What you're doing is awesome so thank you for coming on today
1: thank you so much for the opportunity i've loved talking to you
0: take care so that's all from me for this episode thanks again to my podcast producer charlie from chatter podcast and i'll catch you next time for another episode of the self-development podcast